You are now listening to High Content. Hello, welcome to High Content. I'm Raj Lopez. Today we have a very, very special episode. We are not in a studio at all. We are actually outside right now. Uh, and I'm solo, solo dolo, your boy Iraj Lopez, solo dolo, potting like it's 2017 by himself. And I am at the Trinity Tasting Summit to See at Merriman's in Trinidad, California. It is November 7th. Um, folks, I'm in the smoking section right now, getting my smoke on right before we get to eat. Everyone's inside right now. We're all ready, getting ready to eat. There's a lot of flour to be smoked. There's a lot of people to be mingled with. Um, right now, I'm by myself outside, but I'm not by myself. I have the chef outside. He's cooking up some food on the fire. And I got Moonstone Beach to my right of me, giving me that nice, welcoming, wavy breeze. Um, it's a it's a lovely night for a festival, not festival, festivity like this. And um, I'm about to go hop back into the main house to get my food on. And then later on, we'll have some people coming out to smoke and talk. And uh, we're going to meet a lot of interesting people. There's a lot of people here from Trinity, California. Not Trinity County, sorry, Trinity County and uh, uh, neighboring other neighboring counties like Mendo and whatnot. Uh, we're gonna meet a lot of folks that are not usually in Humboldt, so this is gonna be a nice treat for you. Um, I, I've always seen some a lot of familiar faces here, um, so we'll be getting some uh, past guests on the podcast as well. So, uh, yes, guys, um, this will be a good one. Peace. What's up, folks? Um, tonight, I'm gonna make it easy on everybody and myself, and I'm gonna be asking every single guest that comes onto the podcast three questions. These three questions are gonna be the same for everybody, uh, just so that uh, the continuity of this podcast is concise and easy to follow. Because it's gonna be a wild night tonight. I've already drank a beer. Okay, these questions are gonna be as followed. The first question. In terms of the price of recreational marijuana, should we expect high costs in the beginning due to novelty and demand? When should we expect the market to stabilize and produce the price of cannabis that will last? And what will be, what would it take to bring the price level low enough to eradicate the black market? Uh, the second question will be, what changes do you expect in terms of the cultural identity of marijuana? Will we see traditional stoner culture fade away in favor of boutique, craft, and artisan businesses? And the last question will be, do you anticipate marijuana tourism being a boom for the state of California? What will, it, what will uh, the Emerald Triangle need to do to become those destinations? All right, we're here with our first guest, Jeremy Brown of Booney Acres. Yep. Uh, what do you do at Booney Acres? Um, mostly a lot of the business relations stuff, uh, planning for the future, assessing what's going on. Uh, sometimes hands in the dirt, um, a little bit of everything. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I, my, most people in the cannabis industry, they usually have their hands in like every field. You know, they're not just like doing the business side or they're not just doing the growing side. They always have their hands in like every little piece part. Um, uh, Jeremy, I want to ask you a few questions. Um, first question: In terms of the price of recreational marijuana, should we expect high costs in the beginning due to novelty and demand? When should we, sorry, when should we expect the market to stabilize and produce the price of cannabis that will last? What will it take to bring the price of price to a low level enough to eradicate the black market? Well, you put some question, tough questions on the table there. <laughs> um, as far as how long it's going to take, I think we have to expect at least five to seven years for things to really average out. Um, and the bottom line is that there's not going to be enough enforcement necessarily anytime soon to really eradicate the black market. So the other question is, 
how many of those black market farms can we bring into licensing and what's the mechanism of that how can we provide the incentives and the higher price product on the recreational legal market to make it so it's worth it um, for them is it ever going to go away probably not um, but prohibition you know prohibition took I think 10 years for so-called prices to settle out maybe even longer than that the ripple effects from the prohibition I mean there's still people making moonshine today and they're on TV shows getting paid to make illegal moonshine so you know it's uh, there's a full spectrum of um, how things can really go yeah I, I like that answer I like how you um, didn't like just like shy away not shy away but like put put down like the black market um, um people and be like you know what we need to find a way to bring you as into the white market instead of just being like eradicating the black market altogether i like that um second question what what changes do you expect in terms of the cultural identity of marijuana will we see traditional stoner culture fade away in favor of boutique craft and artisan businesses i believe we already have especially with the uh, upper age market coming into effect i think that was kind of a hidden market that no one really knew about um so you know the the dabs and and the vaping i think isn't i think it's reached its high point it's reached its peak and it's gonna go down from there um i think the the flower is always going to be regarded by a lot of people and um the i think the edible product and the the you know added value products are gonna probably make a bigger increase and Growers or manufacturers are going to find high, uh, higher profit value in those products where people will pay, you know, whatever, 15, 20 bucks for a bottle of shampoo that might have some added ingredients in it. Mm -hmm. Third question. Do you, anticipate, I'm sorry, do you anticipate marijuana tourism being a boom for California? What the uh, individual uh, counties like Animal Triangle need to do to become those destinations? Uh, really, cooperative collaboration is the best way for the communities within the counties and then the counties themselves um, to bridge together and share what's working and what isn't working so we don't all waste resources and time uh, doing the trial and error on our own. Um, I don't think you can really point to any one. This is the most successful way to bring in, you know, uh, cannabis tourism or a higher retail market into a community. I think communities that already had high tourism momentum, it was easy to implement a higher cannabis business into that area because it was already there. But to gear people to coming up, you know, into the Redwoods or beyond into Trinity County, up north, and, and really get uh, remote in the woods, that's going to be more challenging just because there's less resources, there's less capital for people to set up um, appealing brick and mortar stores, things like that. Awesome. Jeremy, thanks for coming on. I really appreciate it. You guys have some great answers. My pleasure. Thanks. All right. Okay, we're here with Patrick with... Uh, True Heart Connection. True Heart Connection. What do you do at True Heart Connection? Uh, well, I'm, a, I'm basically the manager owner of a 10,000 square foot mixed light cannabis farm on the Trinity Humboldt County line. I think we definitely consider ourselves in the Emerald Triangle. Yeah, I, I definitely consider that. Like, you're like right on the border. I would definitely consider that. Um, our first question for tonight, in terms of the price of recreational marijuana, should we expect high costs in the beginning due to the novelty and demand? When should we expect the market to stabilize and produce the price of cannabis that will last? What will it take to bring the price to a low level enough to eradicate the black market? Well, first off, I think the cannabis market and pricing is um, it's really just to Largely dependent on 
education and, and awareness. So I think there'll always be a demand for high quality ganja because I think there's just smart enough people out there to differentiate from quality versus crap. And I see that happening in, in exciting ways across the spectrum in, in our in our economy in general, whether it's food or other other ways that people choose choices people make in their lives and so that that aspect i think will just continue to be part of cannabis and do you do you, do you think there'll be like a time where like like within like let's say like 10 years will like it'll stabilize so that like artisan and like craft cannabis uh cultivators can like uprise along with the like the like let's say like the jungle boys type uh businesses well i'm not familiar with the jungle boys type of businesses i'm sort of uh stuck out here in the boonies just growing good quality weed in an environment that I think is uh, has the right climate and ingredients to to really let the let the flower flourish mm -hmm. and so um, the the aspect of your question about the economy of cannabis I mean that's a that's a great question that I don't I don't know that much about economy, so I don't focus on it here at True Power Connection. I just focus on good quality herb and what I like to smoke and what I think other people would like to smoke, and that's that's my job. And so I think, I think the price is stabilizing, and I think that I think sky's the limit on the top end, and I think sky's the limit on the bottom end, and, it, and that's not going away. And... And it really just comes down to education and what people really want. And the more people know what they want, I think the better that's going to be for the higher-end stuff. And I think people will be happy to share what they can economically to get there. Great answer. Uh, second question. What changes do you expect in terms of the culture, identity of marijuana? Will we see a traditional stoner culture fade away in favor of boutique, craft, and artisan businesses? I don't know. I mean, the... the, the the idea of a stoner culture, I, I get where it comes from, but um, that's just sort of a, a label mm -hmm. that I don't really identify with that much. Um, sure, I've, I've had to, to navigate it throughout my life because um, I'm a hippie communal kid that comes from being stigmatized my whole life, so I've had to adjust to that. But, but as far as stoner culture, I just think that it, it comes back to education. I think that herb will stand on its own and it will prove itself and more people will feel less inhibited and self-conscious and afraid to find out how it works or how for themselves or for the people that they respect around them and that will ultimately change the culture of of what might be coined as have historically be coined as like some stoner culture or something I, I can certainly have a visual of what you might mean there but I think that you know um, people will just and are accepting it and are being enlightened by being connected to their their earth and their plants and their the things that they consume and that ultimately I see cannabis as an educator not as something that is uh is something to be labeled. Great answer. Uh, third question. Do you anticipate marijuana tourism being a boom for the state of California? What will individual uh, counties need to do to make those, those destinations? Be able to produce good quality product without hype 
without um, stigma. I mean, California has always been known as a great state to produce, uh, you know, a lot, just about everything, but great, great agricultural crops. So I don't see that necessarily changing. But California is also known for its agricultural crops coming at a great cost. So I see there again, I see cannabis as, as something that can educate us. And in that regard, you know, California missed out on GMO labeling. I don't know how, I don't know why, but as it relates to food, it also gave the world an idea of what organic and organic agriculture means. And it's one of the most thriving agricultural brands, whether it be changing or not. So I see, I see California continuing to be on the forefront, not because just because of its historical context, but also just because it has the ability to grow really quality crops because of the, the geography, um, and cannabis will be no exception. The only exception I see there is that cannabis is going to educate us about our food and our consumption habits in a way that is gonna differentiate quality from quantity, crap, from connoisseur and so to me it's it's gonna bring it's gonna bring it's gonna rise all boats it's gonna rise 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 everyone up that is able to understand that what it has to teach and so I've, I've been having to get my cannabis tested constantly and what it shows me is that your Cheerios if you wanted to use that as an ingredient isn't gonna isn't gonna pass mustard but yet you'll feed that to your kids i see that type of culture of awareness as necessary but also as a as the vehicle which cannabis is bringing to play so i don't i just don't see it going away or or continuing to be stigmatizing and is as a negative it's just a how does it how does it fulfill something for you in your life that you have been missing Awesome. Thanks. Thanks, Patrick. Thanks Thank for coming you. on. I appreciate it. Yeah, been a pleasure. Okay, we are here with Nikki from Humble Patient Resource Center. What do you do at Humble Patient Resource Center, Nikki? Uh, I'm currently the buyer and inventory manager for both retail locations. And that's the one in Arcade and the one in Eureka, correct? Correct. Awesome. Uh, I have a few questions to ask you today. Um, first question. In terms of the price of recreational marijuana, should we expect high costs in the beginning due to the novelty and demand? There's definitely going to be high cost in the beginning um, for a lot of different reasons. Um, one being that um, there's a lot of licensees in the first couple of years that are going to come on and fall off um, due to a lot of different things, you know, changes in regulations. Um, so um, we, we have that uh, going on. Um, there's uh, also um, just the fact that a lot of the ancillary industries that feed it, like uh, packaging, for example, um, are not really stable at this point. There's a lot going on with uh, China right now that's affecting that side of the market. So um, for all these reasons, um, it's going to be a couple years um, before things really uh, stabilize out. Mm -hmm. 
what should we expect the market to? Uh, yeah, you just answered oh, that question well. already. What, <laughs> yeah. what will it take to to bring the price level low enough to eradicate the black market? Well, um, I think ultimately the answer to both those questions is going to be uh, federal legalization um, because uh, we've seen just in the first two years um, with uh, three or four changes to the regulations. Um, Every time that happens, something shakes up for a little bit in the market. Some people, you know, fall out for a little bit. Um, new players come on. Um, and when it goes federally legal, that's just going to change everything all over again. Um, and so for uh, the final question um, about the black market, I think it's going to be several years, maybe even a decade or two after federal legalization. Um, and I think that's as long as they have a provision for people to grow at home, which, you know, especially for people in California, you know, there isn't really, uh, I won't say there's not much to do with legal, uh, you know, with the laws, there's always changes to be made. But in terms of, you know, fighting for legalization, I think that actually is one of the last big fights that's ahead is making sure that people can cultivate this plant at home and it's not solely controlled by the government, you know, like they are with tobacco and alcohol. Second question, what changes do you expect in terms of the culture identity of marijuana? Will we see a traditional stoner culture fade away in, in favor of boutique craft and artisan businesses? Everything always changes a little bit with time and every generation. Um, I don't know if we'll necessarily see the traditional culture fade away, but I think you'll see other aspects of culture that embrace this as well. Um, you know, I think um, sports, athletics, that's going to be one. You know, there's definitely um, a lot of uh, research that it can, you know, help in a lot of different ways. Um, so, yeah, I think things are just going to change mm -hmm. a, a little bit um then there will definitely be more of that business boutique -y style in places where it already exists you know i mean we're seeing it now in southern california um new york when they come online it'll you know with recreational it'll be that way miami i mean you know nice, it, nice answer. yeah uh next question do you anticipate marijuana tourism being a boom for the state of california for a little while, maybe. But, um, again, I think once it goes federally legal and it's everywhere, um, I think the traditional markets that already, you know, have big tourist draws are going to be enhanced um, by all the cannabis tourism. Um, maybe Northern California, I would say maybe, definitely Northern California has a chance just because there's so much, you know, heritage and culture. Um, I mean, you know... Emerald Triangle is known worldwide. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think here specifically there's a chance, but I'm not really sure about, you know, other places. And I think, you know, places where it's been really high as the states around them start coming on, you know, things are going to change and balance out a little more evenly. Is there anything the counties can do to make, make those changes more, um, like, more happen, happen more quickly or more efficiently? Um, well, I think um, there's a lot of um, financial and, uh, you know, just, just other um, things that are built into the current regulations that make it really difficult for a lot of people to enter. Um, you know, uh, 
this industry is regulated more heavily than you know any other and right now for something that's homegrown that's really the opposite of what they want to do not that there shouldn't be any regulation um but uh i I think certainly in terms of some of the taxes and things you know they need to maybe rethink that nikki it was awesome having you on thanks for coming on thank you Okay, and we are here sitting with Lalena Dubois. Lalena Dubois. Or Lele. <laughs> did I do that good? That was horrid. <laughs> <laughs> it really was. Okay. We're not getting married. <laughs> my mother told me <laughs> that the guy who could say my name right, I should marry him. Oh, man. Um, that's, that, that, that's, a good, that's a good rule of thumb. I, I keep that. It hasn't happened yet. I've never been married. Okay. Um, okay, I got three questions for you. Um, first question. In terms of the price of recreational marijuana, should we expect high costs in the beginning due to the novelty and demand? When should we expect the market to stabilize and produce the price of cannabis that will last? What will it take to bring the price to a level low enough to eradicate the black market? Okay, can we take that one at a time? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, let me hop in the first part. In terms of the price of recreational marijuana, should we expect high costs in the beginning due to the novelty and demand? I think there's a couple different answers to that. It depends on the market that you're hitting. And, and yeah, it really depends on what, what you're trying to access. Um, I think we need to realize that the market's going to diversify and that we're going to have a, a Walmart market. And then we're going to have, you know, uh, or like I'll do beauty because that's what I know. So we're going to have a Kmart market. Then we're going to have an Ulta market. And then we're going to have a Sephora market. And then we're going to have, a, you know, Saxeth Avenue market. Or, you know. Um, so I think that the Saxeth Avenue market and the Sephora market are new. So it is, like, interesting, exciting. And if you can access that, I think the Walmart market um, is old. I think that that's where we're having a struggle because we've scaled up. And so we are not as curated with our own gardens and so we have to kind of make a choice as a society as a culture in growing as to do we want to be the walmart or do we want to be the sephora you know or the the saxeth avenue what do we want um and then we need to figure that out and then hone in on our agricultural skills and and either be big guys or really awesome little guys (laughs) And when you're a really awesome little guy and you have something special, you get to charge more and more people want it and more people are attracted to it. When you're, you know, like everybody else, then it's not so much. So I just, I think you get to choose. Mm -hmm. Great answer. Uh, Next question. What changes do you expect in terms of the culture identity of marijuana? Will we see traditional stoner culture fade away in favor of boutique, craft, and artisan businesses? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, that, that's, there's that's, just like no doubt in that in my mind. Yeah. I think that the the stoner culture it was more about like breaking out of the box and you know this more kind of alternative lifestyle. And as we get closer and closer to federalization and normalization, then it, that's just not what it's about. And then when you start talking about actual male industrial hemp. Um, not feminized, but male industrial hemp, then we're like breaking through every industry and market that's out there. Um, 
So yeah, I think it's totally going to normalize. I also think it's going to be really more sophisticated because mm -hmm. I think it it's is a social drug. You have the ability to connect and be more intellectual than alcohol really wipes you out, you know, mm -hmm. and you're kind of like a dumbass. <laughs> and and I think we're going to see it more sophisticated people being attracted to using it for social um, than, than we have in the past. Great answer. Um, do you anticipate marijuana tourism being a boom for the state of California? <laughs> well, I did. <laughs> uh, but, you know, the state of California is like a mess. Um, yeah, I think that if different municipalities make really smart choices and properly access that new consumer that we were just talking about instead of marketing to themselves, mm -hmm. um, then absolutely. I, I think that that is, especially where we're at in Humboldt County here in the Emerald Triangle, I think that that is key to the survival of these rural areas and curating our, our lifestyle instead of annihilating it. Leanna, it was great having you on. <laughs> Thank you. Bye.